Hello and welcome to episode 336 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett and a returning Jack Harper. Plenty to get into today. Southampton have finally been relegated after an 11-year stint in the Premier League. Arsenal have had the final nail hammered into their title race coffin. Harry Kane has scored his 27th league goal of the season. And we'll finally discuss the levels shown between Real Madrid and Man City in last week's Champions League semi-final first leg. Before all of that, though, how are we doing today? Fantastic. Yeah, hay fever ridden, but it's good as you can expect after being pissed for three days straight on a stag do. Do we take that being with us is work because bank holidays and Jack doesn't show up? So <laughs> if he's a day off. You've been a- paying him this whole time. I can't believe it. He's been getting a wage. I've been getting mugged. God save the king. So I can say for that. Um, we'll jump straight in. Still, not really much notable news of the week. So, um, <laughs> um so when the summer comes, maybe we'll have to come back. You're just so depressed yeah, by see, whatever news you'd seen. Well, I got to look. Thousand yard stare. Though. I thought I thought I saw one of um, a man escaping a bank robbery on a pig, and unfortunately, <laughs> Twitter ruins it now and tells you whether it's real or fake news. I'd have come Ugh. confidently here wouldn't have cared whether it was really fake because <laughs> no. no nothing's told me it is and I'd have told that story but once I see that I can't in good faith Elon has not been thinking of lie to the listeners um, just for authenticity about his hay fever yeah sorry <laughs> hey look there you go got emergency hay fever tablets on the way here as well we're all popping pills yeah. mid pod if, if, if I do four spicy. if I do four and I start saying weird stuff please let me know don't don't record it well we'll move on to Arsenal and uh, a defeat to Brighton TK we spoke last week on very different terms um, Arsenal had just steamrolled Chelsea done a very professional job on Newcastle so much so that I actually had very few nerves going into yesterday's game and oh, no. <laughs> partly because our fate was sealed, like we couldn't finish any lower. I think we all thought we weren't finishing any higher. Hmm. But Arsenal as well with nothing to play for are usually a very dangerous outfit. I saw Morgan Gibbs-White say, hopefully Arsenal are done in the title race before they play us. And I thought, that's probably the last thing you want. <laughs> when we can turn on the Samba ball with no repercussions, we're usually cash money. That's a good point. Yeah. Ultimately, not on this occasion. No, not on this occasion. And there are a few things I saw yesterday that I expected to see. A few things I saw yesterday that I could not have foreseen. Put all my faith in Undav at the start of the season. It takes till now. <laughs> I could have seen that one coming. Yeah. Once I saw that man coming, I was like, well, he's finally going to do something. Yeah. The second. I saw Lissandro score a diving header against us. It yeah. was like, something might be up <laughs> yeah. with this season. But then when Reese Nelson scores against Bournemouth, I also thought something might be up yeah. with this season. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, if you were just looking at this game on a stat sheet, then I think the first half would look like we were dominated. But I actually thought we had the better of the first half in hindsight. Because I thought in terms of the possession, and ultimately it goes the wrong way, I thought that's what we, were, what we were trying to do. At the Amex, we beat them and we had 32% of the ball and scored four goals. Unfortunately, this was, we tried to do the same thing twice and it didn't work second time around. But if you go back to the away game, everything we touched went in the back of the net. Erdegaard has a volley he hits into the floor. Martinelli has the one where I was raising my eyebrow because you should have squared it. 
and he hits it into uh, Robert Sanchez and it squirms in. Eddie has the one that Robert Sanchez uh, fumbles out to him and in about the first 30 seconds, the ball falls to Saka and he can't believe his luck to take a touch and poke it in. So the idea was there, not the execution this time around. The first half, I think Arteta had coached that well. We had several opportunities and we just didn't do enough with it. It was a hard watch the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, Nothing it was. could get going. It was a bitty game. Um, pretty physical. I think Brighton's clearly made a point that we're just going to get into them, which surprised me a little bit because for all we talk about their qualities, it doesn't tend to be that streetwise, as commentators would tend to use, wouldn't tend to be what you'd use to describe Brighton. They obviously show they had a different side to them. I think, got into you. I think that Matoma incident really kind of set the tone a little bit where Martinez just decided to absolutely batter oh, think, the slightest player on the pitch. I, don't know, I didn't think that was that bad. We I see, don't know. We I, see that all it, the time. It, it, I it thought it was bad. more like the force with which he ran into him was yeah. more uh, a comment- bit of a smash. Commentator was saying, oh yeah, really two broken. players looking at the ball, but you definitely see him speed up when he realises he's not getting oh. there and then just watch. You saw Matoma I thought I've a bit more yeah, about it, than I'd like to pick pick on Matoma as well I thought like Martinelli is a, a beefcake well, compared he's not to, doing it to Big Dunk yeah, yeah compared to Matoma he is <laughs> tell you what I was in here I thought I could see Gary Neville in my head and I'm telling him to get fucked when he was doing that this, this, now he does his pantomime oh and there was the one he did it in the... That was a wasted uh, ooh, I think. I yeah. don't think that was a he did one, ooh worthy. He did there one to be a in... Yeah, here. There was one in the Liverpool game of Spurs. And of all the incidents where that were like ooh worthy, he did one and you were like, what the hell's happened here? And then you saw the incident. It's like, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, said it before. really sets me off. I wish he wouldn't do that. <laughs> and so he does it. And then he's saying to Martin Tyler, I wouldn't have argued if that was a red. <laughs> the two, yeah, the yeah. two of them are... Martin Keown maybe not the best man to call you didn't out. need that man being your soldier well, your champion that went out to the the thing with Martin Keown is he can make the initial point very well I think the issue is when someone retorts and then every time <laughs> when he has to elaborate well, in any yeah. way every time he looks he scratched beneath the surface well, he, he seems shocked every time that someone Question. has questioned what he's just said he's also got that um don't want to cast any aspersions about heading a ball too much or whatever. Yeah. But that's slightly like, oh, you're kind of losing track of what you're saying as you're saying Mid-sentence, it. yeah. It's kind of like, I don't think you know where it, this is going to end up. So I don't know how we're supposed to. He does this against Simon Jordan quite a lot, where Simon Jordan likes to argue everything I, and he'll come out with a statement and then he'll like slow it right back down again. And then it just... It's he looks, he looks awful up, up against him. It really yeah, is not it's, a good look. I've always felt, I never quite get the full appeal of that. Like some Jordan speak on some things, but it's just stupid really in that it's kind of like throwing a Labrador in for a Rottweiler because mm. you just, you get a footballer who can't really argue his point too well, i.e. Keown, yeah. makes a point that's pretty stupid that most people are going to disagree with. Yeah, Jordan gets into him and hammers him and then you just get callers going, Agree with everything Simon says. Spot yeah. on. Well, he's just made the most obvious point that most of us would yeah. make. Sometimes, and Keon just can't really elaborate on it. Well, Sometimes, well, he's what, like the anti-Jason Candy. Jason Candy will make stupid points, but then die on that hill every <laughs> single show, and he will not back down. And it's hilarious. Issue, when they go back and forth, is that a lot of the time what Simon Jordan is saying in that argument isn't actually that more intelligent than what Keon no. is saying. He just can articulate it far better. Our, uh, our friend. Babs on Twitter describes him as a, an eloquent idiot. 
And I was like, I think that might be a really good way of putting it. It's like, I don't know, I don't know if you, anything you're saying actually made much sense, but it said Sounds really nicely. Great, yeah. I would put Slightly him posh voice. in the same pool as Russell Brand. He has, he has done the thing before where he's used words. It's like, I don't think that means what you think it is, yeah. but it's just a long word. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Keon done that. And I did think they were particularly bad yesterday. I did see some other fans saying it because I'll usually think it and I'll say it on here, but tweeting it mid-game, only after beating Newcastle when I did see the screenshot, I think it was Jack actually, um, sent me this, like, your Twitter timeline to come up on your Thor You page. <laughs> yeah. And it, every tweet was just me yeah. during the Newcastle game. And I was like, <laughs> I hadn't been on Twitter, like, for all day. And then I just log on. And then everything was just Byron. Just, like, three-word sentences about the game. I was like, and oh, I, they must have played pretty well. I pretty read it poorly. and thought, mm, okay, so... <laughs> yeah. I'll go back and forth. Some games I'll timeline. By the way, peppered. crazy way to follow a game if you do that. By the way, because it could be a nil-nil with nothing going on, and you'd be looking at yeah. Byron's timeline. Going, this is the craziest game I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe. It. I can't wait to watch the highlights of this <laughs> yeah. one. As the game's going it's exactly on, there's going to be so many ropey decisions in this exactly one. How it works, and you're looking like, oh, nothing really happened. Yeah. Oh. I right. get, the, I get the the post-game clarity of this afterwards because <laughs> post-game clarity. <laughs> Are we yeah. Yeah. coining yeah. that yeah. Uh, every time? In my head, I think, if I tweet that something bad's going to happen and then it does happen, that I'm not going to be equally as annoyed. Yeah. You got that self-indication so, almost. Well, if I say we concede on half-time every time, unfortunately said that at the Etihad and we did concede wrong <laughs> half-time. two minutes after. That at least in some part, I'm, okay, I was right. And that's going to offset it even... Is that in any way a comfort? Yeah. <laughs> well... It's a lot cheaper than putting on the anti <laughs> but, anti bet. But, but by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for it. Twenty quid. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like every single football fan in this country says, "Oh, we always concede on half time." My dad, my dad says mm. about Chaz, like, "Nah, we just concede all the time anyway." It's nothing about that. I think everyone goes, "Oh, we always concede." But it's just we can't defend set pieces yeah. and then like your, your record might be fantastic yeah. right? like, every time there's a corner oh, oh, I spent myself. a season last season telling people not to say out loud that we were actually very good at yeah. defending set pieces <laughs> and then the second I said it we just turned to garbage in the last five games <laughs> um, I think part of it was through force yesterday he adapted we've lost quite key parts of our build-up. No Zinchenko as well as no Saliba. All but eradicated our progression from the back. Gabriel... Especially when Tierney played. Oh, so, heavens. Yeah, Tierney. I, I came on last Monday and I said, I've fallen in love with Tierney all over again. I was selling him mid-game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely... I messaged you during the game saying it. If I was like Newcastle, I'd be really worried about playing with my money for him. Just... Looking at that, he he could barely get through that game. Physically, he just looked so done. He injured himself again crossing it. The mm. way I started looking at him yesterday was this whole time, he's just been the slightly smarter kid in bottom set maths. <laughs> like the whole time, well, he I'm might be questioning how Simon Jordan, where like you're the smartest guy at Talksport. Wow, well, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> because I'm even looking at the like disrespectful way to say it, but the head down fullback. And I say that I would put Robertson in disrespectfully in that I'm essentially doing the extreme. One is Trent, I'll say one is a Robertson, and Tierney is in that camp. But he wasn't even doing that yesterday. I questioned his defensive abilities 
four or five podcasts ago. Mm. Yesterday, Jesus. Yeah, he was horrible. The Arsenal fans have turned on that man. Yeah. <laughs> because you're trying to control a game and he just hoofs it. Yeah. He doesn't the, even hoof it well. The thing is, like, parts <laughs> of the fan base, I think you remember, remember you saying, being at a game, we're doing this when you were winning. So yeah, when you're losing yeah. the game, they're definitely going to... Well, there's been a thing that... Once you've dined out on a Zinni Chanks, it's very hard to go back to the Tierney Burger, isn't it? It's very difficult. I remember speaking about this at the time when Tavares came in and he had like two games where I didn't even think he was good, but people were saying, Tierney, he might be done in this Arsenal People were saying there is an argument, which is... Well, because he didn't start like four games in a row and he had an interview and he was like, no, it's tough. I've... I'm used to just being in the team. This is the first time in my career this has happened. It's a great thing to say. Came back in, I think. <laughs> Nobody just have to turn up. Yeah. Oh. Tavares, I think, had a Hall of Shame performance um, yes. against Newcastle at home. Martinelli, on a really cold day, chips the keeper. Um, and Tierney came on, I think, on about 60 minutes after Tavares had just had his like 15th shot of the game. It was insane. <laughs> and then he didn't really look back until... He injured himself getting out of the shower on Scotland duty and didn't tell Arsenal, waited till the season was in crunch time and then twisted it again. And uh, Tavares was in for the end of the season. Yeah, it was not great. Once you have seen Zinchenko and people were doing this because of Tierney's cameo, you know, I actually think we need to keep Tierney for the Champions League because we can't play Zinchenko in the Champions League. Tierney's the guy we need to have in there. If that, if that man has a Champions League shirt on for anyone other than us, then fair play to him. I was watching, thinking, sorry, watching the highlights back of the City game, thinking, Finney Jr. is running at that man. At least with Zinchenko, we're getting the, the plus side. The yeah. plus side is we're supposed to control more of the ball so that we're affected less. And there has been some things because of what Trent did to him and what else has happened Jacob Murphy did to him last week that's the concern that Zinchenko suddenly can't defend for 80% of the season and breaking the season up into percentages hasn't gone well for me when I looked (laughs) I thought we were 80% through and it's like there's still 10 games left what (laughs) what (laughs) it's it's a struggle but I think it's just a lapse of form in that part he's going to have more protection in front of him next season Lord willing. But this wasn't Tierney's way to put yourself in the shop window. No. Not good for the club if they're looking to get a certain price either. No, we were talking uh, 30 million a fortnight ago. I think, yeah. I do cr- think Jamie Clubs are going to be looking at that go. You can quickly go from a 30 million, thirty million pound player to a cut price deal because you, you want them off the wage bill kind mm. of player. And he's, I mean, we've got a lot of those you need, you need a backup left bad, don't you? Um, Maybe 30 million maybe Todd just goes yeah. you know what <laughs> that's such an nice signing as well sorry, you need character you, you need you? characters in your dressing room as well Todd's going to go who look you? we're going to go Neymar but we're also going to get Tierney right yeah. so we're getting both we've got sensible Frank Mike player something a bit different would you swap him for Mark Kukurea um, well I was a Kukurea defender but well I don't think we'd play him at centre back either no, um, I, do think there, there is that. Yeah. I like Kukurella in the last yeah. year. I think, you know what? Playing, this works out. Playing someone at five foot nine as a left centre back, I wonder when he's a left back, is one of the weirdest <laughs> things I've seen this Connor, season. really. Do you, uh, United have just released um, like a retro range, like the ones Arsenal were doing. It's quite nice, actually. Oof. And <laughs> there's one, Lissandro is modelling their new hoodie. And I text him a picture saying, this is a fire hoodie, actually, but I don't know if they do it in adult sizes. <laughs> <laughs> he texts me back. 
agreeing, and then it clicked. <laughs> and the next message was, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I just said, oh, I was genuinely very pleased with that. And I sent it, <laughs> sent it to my brother as well, but I don't think it clicked. Um, <laughs> I've sung Benjamin White's praises all season. That man looks like he's forgotten how to defend over the last month. Mm. Now, I knew Saliba and Tomiyasu going down in the same game was bad. I didn't quite realise how bad Tomiyasu going down was until White's had to play every single minute and that then meant Rob holding at centre-back for several games. And we'll get on to the Kiwi, by the way. But the domino effect wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be outside of Saliba. The Tomiyasu one was the lesser of two evils. His form had fallen off a little bit as well. Tomiyasu. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just having an extra set of legs, um, White just looks knackered. Even just small things yesterday, I thought his body shape when defending Matoma, just the the really simple things. um, Maybe he had no clue what he was up against if we're to believe the uh, the rumours. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just very, very strange. And Matoma is going to beat you. I was right? going to say, I mean, Matoma will do that to plenty of players. He hasn't for a while, is he? No, no, yeah. His form <laughs> had dropped off a little bit as well, hasn't it? Um, but you are right. This isn't an isolated game for Ben White. The performances last no. few weeks have dipped. Well, it happened. He looked quite rash at times in, yeah. in these games. He's diving in a little bit more than you used to see he... with him. Looks like, I don't know whether he's looking around thinking, I've got to be the one in this team to add a bit more aggression. I don't know. Because he looked just, sometimes he's making challenges. I don't, Think you need to make them, and you wouldn't have been early. Well, he was season. starting to look again like a centre back playing right back, hmm. um, which he hasn't all season. No, all season. Um, I think some of it is you try and make that big tackle so you don't have to trap back. Is basically hmm. it's I'm either going to take you out or I'm going to take the ball and save myself a run here, and he is just lazy. And a couple of times, just one ball over the top for them, and it, they were just getting Matoma and Iso a ball against Ben White and. Hmm. I remember there was the compilations when um, there was a whole Trent Matoma comp one there and it was filthy but <laughs> it was he is going to beat you at times it, there are very few defenders that defend I mean, apparently Juan Bissaka is one of them but there's very few defenders that win every single duel and so you can see on the stat sheet sometimes and I've seen games where I've seen games where Reese James has been beaten, and mm-hmm. then I can see a Chelsea fan account say he won every single duel, and it's like, but I've seen that. And essentially, it's like if he knocks it past you and you don't get within a certain range, it doesn't count as a duel because there was no battle to be had, and Jesus. that's how it kind of cheats the system. All I'm saying here is there were signs earlier on, but we were also turning the ball over at that end of the pitch several times and we didn't make the most of it there's the Saka one where the linesman just guesses and says it's out of play and it isn't the linesman by the way flagging offside from a throw in <laughs> how, oh. how is he still employed today <laughs> yeah I've heard fans when in the stadium appeal for offside from a throw in I think I'm embarrassed for you <laughs> but for someone who's paid to get that right that's extra the ref, had to, another layer. the ref had to wave his hand down and Apologise for him. I thought I'd heard it on commentary and I put in our group chat, did I just hear that right? And I saw one of the journos at the game say, I kid you not, the linesman has just flagged for offside from a throw in. (laughs) Now that I know he didn't score, I wish the ref had blown up. Take as many of these guys down as we can. (laughs) Because Andy Madley, in not giving anything for that, 
initial challenge to Martinelli won. He had, if it's going to stay in your head, he had to do something. Someone has said something in his ear after that. That was a bit worse than you think it mm. was. Because how Caicedo escapes a book in for the one on Martin, Man. that one is far more black and white because yeah. it's something we see every game. What in from behind, studs on the ankle. And so. And you literally see him afterwards going high five. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. He should do that. He should, yeah. he should back his boys. But yeah. the referee just lost the game in that instance because we're saying we've not seen it from Brighton before. I don't think many refs give you the opportunity to be able to flex that. Usually no, they'll put no. a, they'll put a marker down and say no more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite weird. Where it was a game where he needed to get the cards out to get some more football going. It was an so odd, something that he definitely needed to. He's if we go all the way back, he refed the Arsenal Newcastle game with the Emirates. Remember, he went he went mental with the cards in like the first ten minutes yes. and ruined the game. Yeah, and we picked up. We seem to be the only club that picks up bans for surrounding the ref, and I see it every single week. Mm. But we got like four charges that game <laughs> and you put this guy back on he's just criminal Erdegaard got gun shy there was the one he could have pulled the trigger on where we win the ball high and he does nothing um, Saka just looks knackered yeah he looks fucked doesn't he and every time he picked the ball up I was thinking go at him go at him and he just I understand have it in him. Arteta's made a real thing we spoke about it um, I think after Gerard did his kind of like I have to walk with pins in my leg now, so don't moan at me, son. <laughs> it's like, what, what point are you making? Gerald <laughs> yeah. was going down swinging. Um, he was taking Tyrone Mings with him. He was doing a lot. Arteta's been really weird with his, you know, the best players in the world play this many games a season, so you have to do it. And a lot of them kind of build into that. Saka's been doing it since he was 17. He's been playing yeah. every single game in a mm. season. Um, yeah, he's up there. Th- that season where yeah. Pedri was getting, like, he did the season into the Euros, then the Olympics and the season again. Saka was right behind him in the minutes played that season. Mm. And we kind of just say, it's what you got to do if you want to be a top pro. He doesn't trust any of the right wingers, but Reese Nelson came through as a right winger. Can you not trust him coming on for some minutes? He's looked good every time he's come on and he's still not got a start. Shades of like mismanagement, which kind of dogged Wiltshire almost. You've got this absolute star child come through. And you play him every single game and it just, you could end up seeing him be white. And the thing is with Saka as well, if he loses that dynamism, that first yard of pace, that's going to affect his game more than it would anyone else in the position that he plays. The issue is really that careful. he's the opposite of Wilshire and he doesn't get injured. Touch wood. But, the, but that, that then lures in one of those horror injuries that, like, Reese James, for example, he's always injured. He's, he's made out of Saka's bounds. played 80 league games in a row. That's ridiculous, isn't it? It certainly has Mars to the clock, if nothing else, doesn't it? Clubbing Country's got 54 games but this he season. Did the, so last season, his form trailed off as well. Hmm. And I keep getting tagged in things. Weirdly, someone sent me it just before we came. Let's not talk about Chelsea's wingers, by the way. Yeah. But... Happy to. He's, he's already ragged. <laughs> he's that's a, up yeah. feels like that's a dedicated pod. 25 goals and assists already. And then getting dunked on for not continuing at that pace when some of the wingers he's compared to are disrespectful we've only just beat the Jared Bowen accusations <laughs> the whole we end the game going at Brighton with parties form in the oh, pit God. get that man the hell out of here he's done Jesus how, by hook or by crook how, yeah, this man how far, I think it might be the yeah, crook how far out of here are we talking Byron 
two years left on the deal, won't be extending it. <laughs> Half our bat line's missing. No Martinelli who has to go off. So Caicedo, look, if you're going to take someone out and not get a card, do it like that and in and out, <laughs> heist. And we were just playing poorly. The goal. There is something phenomenal, by the way, about um, this time of year when someone goes, that could be a season done. It's like, oh, you mean two games? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean he might be out for two games? <laughs> I, I saw Ornstein, but Ornstein must have had twitchy bum when those Zinchenko trading pictures popped up. If you're going to confidently put a post out and say Zinchenko's done for the season, your credibility is on the line here. And we did this last season. A couple of journals got flushed out by being given fake news. Yeah. One journal, by the way, who can somehow shows his face saying party was on that tour to Germany. I won't say anything else, but he guessed, got it wrong, oh, went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a job working for Brentford. Didn't go well. He's back now doing the journal thing. And everyone just forgot it. Every time I see his name, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, are we just forgetting this? <laughs> they put out an apology, like, you know, I got it wrong. Sometimes it <laughs> happens. I don't know. That's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get that one right. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going to take a gamble on something, maybe not that. My timeline, when he posted that news, <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> and then very, dangerous quick, very quickly, um, I think Ornsey or someone else was like, I think Arsenal actually may have just put out their list of people on tour. And it was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no answer some questions yeah. the goal I think it's a, I think it's weak from Tierney to not clear the initial cross back further than where it came from I think it's weak from Tierney not to jump as it comes back in Kivior was getting a hard time I'm going to join in on that but yeah. that's what we like to hear I think he's technically fouled I've seen weaker things pulled back for VAR to confirm, I was not calling for VAR to pull it back. I'm just yeah. would like to make that clear. So it is a foul, I think, but you also, you can't go to ground like that. I don't really care how much it hurts. I've, I've dragged Christensen for doing similar things where he's trying to draw... Another centre-back I've bought my stocks in, yeah. cashed them when he's won the league now. We've made bank. <laughs> mm. This is this wasn't... If, if Mustafi did this, we'd be on his neck. Yeah. yeah, Mustafi yeah. did do it. Is Mustafi significantly worse? Is the problem? Yeah. At at first, I've seen Gary Neville getting cooked for saying he's not putting his boot back on. Is he? I thought he was putting his boot back on at first, so I can't jump on him too yeah, much. Yeah, no, there. I did, I did. Um, but yeah, you. I sometimes you you can just if something hurts that much, you're going to go down. The issue is, I don't want to do the sun journalist whatever. If you're paid 50 grand a week, <laughs> yeah. you don't go down there. Put your body on the line. You're centre half. Or you sell it enough that the yes. official blows. Yeah, if you're going to do that, madly, you've really got to sell yeah. it. Because NCSO, the smallest guy on the pitch, can't be winning a header no. in the middle of your box. No, no, no. He looked like he couldn't believe it when it went in. <laughs> I think everyone was just shocked. It just came in such a flash. You're like, why isn't there someone on him? And you see him, he's on the floor. And he's, what? I was sat there like, well, there's got to be an offside or yeah. something yeah. here because this can't be happening. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, no exactly. way this guy is putting a header Can in. Can we talk yeah. about, um, Arteta was asked in the build-up to this game about, you know, I don't know how some of these journalists have jobs, but he basically got asked, why don't you just do what Brighton do and get all these really good players cheap? 
shut up. Seriously. Yeah, not someone, quite in that, yeah, but, but he, that, was, that, he, was that asked, kind of he was asked a thing. That's so If bad. it's so good for Brighton, if Brighton can do it, why can't you do it? You've got more resources, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Idiot. look, fair play to them. It works really well. They've got a really good structure in what they do. We can't do that at Arsenal. And it's the same as Liverpool couldn't run their club like that depending on what competition you're in, maybe Chelsea should do a bit more of that. <laughs> but not, but no, no club. Horse might have bolted there. We're going to talk, talk about Southampton later. Southampton yeah. literally did this and all it takes is they had a run of what? Like, had the run with Wanyama. Bloody hell. They had, they had, yeah, they had yeah. like, uh, Schneider, they had like five or six that they brought in cheap and then they sold big in a row and then they reinvested that money and they tried to do the same again eventually you'll end up with Che Adams up top trying to keep you in the league I read today disrespect intended plenty of suitors back in the Premier League on this pod I mean would you have him as a backup striker look we need a big man I I don't know his height to be honest (laughs) (laughs) I still I know he's going to Everton I know Che Adams is going to Everton and they go we need a striker they they wanted him in January Incredible. Yeah. Um, that's well, if Mopey doesn't score you the goals to keep up, Jay Adams obviously oh, will. It's the natural. I need that. I need that man relegated. <laughs> that might make up for us not winning the league. <laughs> and then I don't want them to let him go. You want to make him stay, stay in the suffer. championship and rot, but not play. <laughs> you want nothing but misery for that man. Exactly, nothing but misery for that man. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, we can't do that. Fair play to them. Because they, they said, well, you want to buy Caicedo, so could you not have just bought him before? And he was like, look, the idea is good. We did it with Martinelli, so... Like, yeah, I was going to say, is it also, he could say, like, maybe not a question for today. Maybe, as like the structure of the club is yeah. maybe not a question for me to answer. Yeah, this was this, this was before... The scouting department. Yeah. yeah. Revamp. <laughs> I could maybe focus on another day. Yeah. Um, and I guess the most depressing thing, it looked to me like they were playing like a team that had given up and maybe just felt a bit too sorry for themselves. So one nil defeated. A one nil down, to be honest, I didn't think it would end three nil. But I didn't feel like we would get going either. I got added by a Chelsea fan mid game. <laughs> and I started typing out, you lost four nil to these. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was glad I didn't hit send <laughs> at three <laughs> 0 <laughs> It would have been really great if you wore the three nils a badge of honour. It's, it's not four, is it? So you can do. Without Martinelli, we seem to lose the ability to stretch the pitch. Like Trossard, especially when Saka's playing like that. Trossard's worst game for us by a country mar. He looked like a man that wanted he wanted to get back, and it wasn't happening. He he wasn't holding the width. He doesn't have the burst of pace to force a team to go back ten yards like Martinelli does. Either flank, then we looked a lot better when Reese Nelson came on. Yeah, I've... what do you do with Reese Nelson? Because he I, looks sharp every time he comes on. I think... And then even in this game, you seem like reluctant to give him the ball. So let yeah. them give the ball some, give him some of the ball. Now that I think so. everything is sealed, um, I don't think I think he'll feel he's giving Saka, he'll, he's punishing Saka or giving him a cop out if he drops him. So I don't think you'll see that, but. The space has just opened up with Martinelli probably being out for the season now. Just quote the thing that I don't like saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You've got two games for East, do something. Two games left. We did it earlier with Eddie, but 
to be fair, any we, to get him to sign the deal was the year before, and he played like the last four games of the season, mm. where we basically was like, I want him to stay, so I'm showing him that this is yeah. what you can have. It's how much you can promise him, because we offered him, I think, 35k a week, and he rejected that. I can't blame him if he wants to go and get first team football somewhere. If Brighton are in, Brighton are in for him, then I don't see why you don't go there. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a number of clubs. I think there's. Just have the Wolves. There's ten clubs in the league. Don't let me name them. That he at least has a look in with. I'm not saying he starts for ten clubs, but he's at least in and around with ten clubs, and he gets more game time than he would with Arsenal. I, I said it with um, Smith Rowe. I've just got one little thing on before we move forward. I said that I think some players that would usually push for a move may stay because they feel they've earned the right to play in the Champions League with Arsenal. It's a bit different when you've got to sign a contract to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they'll try. I think there's a big thing about at least making money from these hail end guys. So I think they'll try and do that, but... I can't begrudge him either way. I think I got a message from uh, Delaney yesterday and he said, if you had 230 million to spend this summer, I don't know why it's so specific. Is, how would you spend a, it? It goes... 100 million it, on rice. It, would, it barely goes as far as you think it goes. Um, I, I think I got like three players in there and it was... Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you can save yourself a right backup right winger signing by keeping Reese Nelson I, th- I think you try and do that promise him what you need to promise him and worry about it down the line that's how it works football football manager, manager. Yeah. key player yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, I, I text Troy yesterday and said it's crazy that if someone from the future came back and I don't know why this is the, what they've come back to tell me <laughs> but if Martin McFly comes back and he's like I've got to tell you this Arsenal spend 150 million in the summer and then he vanishes <laughs> <laughs> I'd be disappointed that you've only spent 150 million and it's crazy that that's where we are now I think mm. if maybe Chelsea you're such an anomaly in these conversations I know it's strange maybe, I'd be happy if that was the case <laughs> stop spending yeah. money but if me you a United fan Spurs fan whoever got told you're only spending 150 million this summer you'd all be disappointed well I think Oh, I should maybe get used to that idea. I'll be honest. Yeah. We balk at the idea. How much should you better? I didn't know he was going to cost that. You've got that war chest, don't you worry. Um, last thing I have here, if I was going to take any positive from the game at all, Brockworth does this when we start doing a podcast. <laughs> like, it's an alien invasion. Someone playing laser tag, I think. I don't know what the hell. This is someone on. from the future visiting me. <laughs> oh, so they're only going to send 150 minutes. I hate to break it to you. Um, Hopefully that. I don't know how we'll have this being picked up, but we'll, we'll carry on. I think we'll reflect on the title race more in the next few weeks. I've got Troy coming. We'll, I'll do something with him. We've got our end of season podcast that we'll do. Um, but I do think this game highlighted quite glaringly where the improvements need to be made. If I just look at the starting lineup, two new midfielders, I think the rest of the team is pretty set. Hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to get this big burly striker that some people yearn for every time Jesus doesn't score in a game I think Arteta is that's what he wants um, I don't think Saka and Martinelli hit the same numbers if you go and get said striker I think people are under some illusions as to the way Vlahovic plays that he isn't I'll be honest, I, I was about to say he isn't DCL 
And I was going to say he isn't Tony. That's um, that's all been holding him back the whole time. You are not Dominic Calvert-Lewin. If you're going to get a striker for this Arsenal system that isn't Gabriel Jesus, it is Ivan Tony. Um, we aren't dropping. What number do you have in your head? If Man from the Future came back now and said... I've got a bag of money for you here. If you can tell me how much Ivan Tony went for Arsenal, went to Arsenal for this summer, hmm. what number do you say? I don't think Brentford would sell for less than seventy. I had eighty in my head. So yeah, yeah seventy was whereabouts. It all depends on the charges because someone could come yeah. in and just be like, "That's, that's a different Arsenal play. player." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, a different player. It's what it, that's kind of the big risk, isn't it? I think some there'd be so much more noise around him right now. If that wasn't looming over his head, I think people would be, I mean, Chelsea would be crying out for him. It seems kind of tailor fit for what, what we would need. So the, the price would be kind of like pushed up and inflated there. Whereas the lack of noise could actually help someone here. You could maybe get him for 50. Well, the mm-hmm. fact that I think those internally at United must think they're above him is good news for everyone else. That's another thing. I do wonder what clubs think they're a bit too, he's not fashionable enough for them, which, yeah, to me, I'd, yeah. I'd be, having nightmares if Tony signed for United. Yeah. I think he'd be fucking great. Mm. Um, so yeah. And I quite like him, so that'd be really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. New, new left centre mid, we know we want. Let's see if it happens. New defensive midfielder. I Party's been here, what, three of his five years now? I, I can't... If someone shows you time and time again that they're going to buckle at this time of the season... There's if, a little James Harden in him, isn't there? If you're not every injured, time the going's got tough, this guy's. If he's not injured, he's playing like shit, and I'm not sure which I'd rather. When he's bad, it's really bad yeah. as well. It's really bad. It wasn't J2O's best game yesterday, but balled out against Newcastle. No, it wasn't a good game for him. He, he had a space on the back of my Arsenal shit last week. <laughs> he needs at least one more good one to try and get himself back there. <laughs> There's certain players I will not disgrace our away. Sh- I will not disgrace their name by putting it on that away shirt because it's. Have you said it's the worst kit I've ever seen? It's, it's <laughs> so out of respect to them, you won't get the exactly. name. Yeah, you showed me the kit. Yeah, yeah. have you seen this? Yeah, it's, yeah. That is a uh, for, for a club that usually bangs with their kits. It's got drunk on the success, didn't they? Yeah, they fall, yeah. the right, we'll get a bit fancy. Yeah. Returning to the Champions League in that abomination. <laughs> We can't go to the Bernabeu in that. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I thought we were winning the, winning the Champions League. In fact, I think I said, so I won't win the league this year, Champions League next year. <laughs> not in that kit. And you're going to be going, I actually don't want to win it because we'll look horrible. The yeah. establishment will not let us win the Champions League <laughs> yeah. in that kit. <laughs> Backup fullbacks, very much needed. Tierney. In the words of what you would call a great man, it's time to go. <laughs> a Saliba backup. We've gone from a 93-point pace to a 63-point pace without Saliba. It is. We went from a team that came fifth and then at times this season, we've lost the three players that are the difference in our team and we've gone back to playing like a team that came fifth and some people are like crazy shocked about this. Mm. I mean, it's unfortunate that other players that were playing well also then started shitting the bed. Yeah, I'll, I'll put on the... I keep having people that want me to give a straight answer. Was it a bottle? Did you bottle the league? And <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed the uh, yeah. the level to which it's been put on the spot. And when you say those words, say them well, to I me. Think it's somewhere like, and I'm not the first person to say this, we were in a very good position. 
Man City, and <laughs> Man City have been very good, and the pressure clearly, to some extent, as well as some other factors, have led to a reducing form. It's not quite as simple as you bought the league, but there's also some points that you can't ignore. Yeah. Arteta yesterday, that's the most critical I've ever seen him be about the players. I don't know if you've seen this interview. Yeah. Basically came out and apologised, didn't he? No, the one before. The one before he said, we've got some things to think about because if you show me this at this time of the season with what we're competing for, you can do that again. And ultimately, I can't allow you to be in that position oh, wow. to do it again. Mm. And then he said, but it's all my fault entirely. So it <laughs> doesn't really work. Remembered where he was. Oh, shit. Yeah. The, idea, the idea with managers that you get it, and even with more experienced managers, that you kind of are what you are and you can't improve. Now, some managers have shown us Wenger wasn't going to change. Mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce said he will tell you quite proudly he's not going to change. The idea that Arteta, whoever, is not going to improve from here on in the same way the players do, you at least hope. Hmm. isn't the case and I think he's shown us enough we've gone from fifth to second we'll see what happens next year but that's uh, yeah the, I think it's two midfielders and then the rest is bolstering the squad Yeah, and uh, what you can do with that I did want to blame Sean McVay for being there yesterday is the reason <laughs> we had a chat with Arteta pre-game why are you chatting with Arteta pre-game <laughs> discussing ideas they're in a group chat aren't they those two and Eddie Jones like me doing leadership oh, tutorials yeah. well they'll be on the high performance Ed, podcast it is Eddie Jones discussing that's his name isn't it the, the rugby ex- yeah. Yeah, yeah he if you catch him talking about Arteta he loves him he said the man taught me so much and he got sacked shortly after actually yeah, <laughs> yeah him trying to do the uh, light bulb thing to a group of rugby players yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you what <laughs> yeah a lot of reflection I think we need to win the next two games but Ultimately, I said to Jack just before we started, I kind of wanted to hit the 90 points and play the well, just unlucky card. But Neville kept saying, you don't win your first title easy. Literally everyone else other than Man City that has won the league in the last, what, like 10 years has either lost the title race or won it easy. Leicester won it by 10 points. Liverpool blitzed mm. the league. No one has actually... Pep has lost one title race in his career and he made Real Madrid hit 100 points. Mm. Yeah. So it's this is what we're, we're trying to compete with. But the idea that from some that we should all just kind of shut up shop now and say, well, we ain't winning it till he's gone. So... Klopp should save the money wait till he goes and then we kick on yeah. and we win all the leagues. That's like... Uh, and half the teams in the NBA were like, we'll just wait LeBron out. And be like, Hang on, he's still here. Yeah. Pep is still going to be here in like 10 years' time. Like, what are we and, doing? And this is the problem, isn't it? Because usually you can look at Pep and think, right, three or four years in one place and he'll move on to a new challenge. He's going fucking nowhere. That psychopath so, got hit with 115 financial charges and said, I'm here now more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> and he did the point. He used it as a motivational tool. Yeah. Well, he did. He said, I am not leaving this chair. Oh, and it was fucking leaving. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Him yesterday. I can't stand Yerry Mina. When I see Pep saying the things that he was doing to Jack, like he isn't a complete prick <laughs> yeah. the rest of the time. Come on. I, did anyone, that he was doing did anyone keep that game on, the second City 1-0 up? 
No. Oh, Matt. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, God, no. When Matt's playing Spider-Man for the third time. Like, if, you, if you actually watch that game, City just had three moments of complete brilliance. And that, that's what swung it for them. They just... they Everton were breaking fairly well. And they had more of the game than I thought they would. But two absolutely brilliant goals from Gunnigan and then Harlan how, doing Harlan. And he yeah. win, and they win that whole game 3-0. James Garner, Christ alive. There's a reason United didn't fight to keep him. Yeah. And there's a reason Everton did did sign him. <laughs> the man had two open runners on a fast break yeah. and played it to Calvert-Lewin, the only man with three defenders yeah, around him. What the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> he's having an eye for a pass and then it's he's like me without my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did always wonder about the... Uh, you know, he's had a good year in the Championship so his United fans are like, right, he's going to come in and change our midfield. I was curious about I that. wanted to... The bask, club obviously knew better. I, I wanted to bask in that Pickford performance and unfortunately, the games were too close together. <laughs> because Couldn't give you a day, huh? That picture of him diving is killing me. He's killing me. I'm glad Keane went on him after. He did, big time. Saying he's a good... I'm being told he's a good keeper. He's not a good keeper. Keane doing his little pause when he does it as well. He's like, it's not, not a top keeper. Little T-Rex. Anyway. The only pause that I did think for yeah. the Brighton was that I think Arteta will look at that, look at some of the players in terms of their physical level as well. And realise, I think he does have to bolster the squad a bit. I think he could have kidded himself that, like a lot of coaches that say, I want to work with a small group. I think he might have kidded himself that you didn't need reinforcements quite as much as maybe you do in terms of squad depth. I think now he'll look at that and go, yeah, maybe I do need to tailor the approach a little well, bit. Well, C- City, we've technically used more players than City this season, but it's been by four. City have about eight, Pep has about 18 players he trusts. And he doesn't really trust Laporte. He doesn't really trust several of the others, but they're good enough that he can use them enough to do it. We've got about 15 players that he trusts. Yeah. Tiramar yesterday, the Croydon De Bruyne has lost his burst, hasn't he? He, he does not have that jolt to go anymore. It's a sad day. <laughs> You're writing him off. Saying he's done. I'm not writing because I, I don't, I, we did this last week, but I don't think the price deteriorates enough between now and January that it's worth selling him. This is, why do you wait for his stock to plummet this much and then sell him? It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but that, Arteta does that, doesn't he? Where it's just, his subs are so weird when he just basically says he's got to learn from I've not trusted you at any point it's we laughed at Frank playing a Bamiyan against us all he thought was funny (laughs) you know that in between his meme where he comes out of the toilet what did you do that for funny that was a Bamiyan playing against Arsenal and this was just I've not used him for a while yeah yeah, let's just see if it works and (laughs) unfortunately uh, it didn't Harry Kane then. So Harry Kane scored his 27th goal of the campaign on Saturday afternoon with the most dubious of penalties. How the hell did they give that? How does he always get that penalty? Bizarre. Ball's gone. He he puts his two legs together, trips himself and runs into the keeper. Yeah. The ball, he's never keeping in either, by the way. I don't know anyone else that gets that penalty. I'm fairly confident as well that I'm sure Martinez gets a touch on his forearm from the ball. I'm sure it moves slightly. Yes. When Tim Sherwood was shocked it was given, I knew. <laughs> so hang on. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's the, it's the Kane dives, the mermaid thing, it's like you said, where oh. he puts his own legs together 
and then it shoves his ass in the air and then makes a meal of it. Like, he's done it so many times. Yes. I mean, in England, shirt, great. Let's hope no one catches on, but... Well, it's he, not worth it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, the commentator was saying, oh, I think it's like the 24th penalty that he scored in the row for, for Spurs. Like, yeah, but the one goal this season that actually mattered, and he didn't do it. I'll, country uh, down. I'll go to you first, TK, because after what's just been said, the, the next question seems to fit better with Jack. <laughs> Are we appreciating this season enough? And if not, is that down to anything more than just Haaland being in the league? So, are we appreciating this enough from Kane? Yeah, 27 goals. Yeah, it, it did feel like it was 27 goals by stealth to me. When they said yeah. 27 goals, I was like, fuck, where did I, they come I from? I told you what they do with their points. They've, yeah. they've forgotten recently. Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, but he's playing in a team that has been horrible. Mm. And so they're getting a lot of flack. I, I genuinely they're hard watch, and maybe that's maybe what's sort of changing our appreciation of it. I genuinely think that Spurs are us, but with someone that can get twenty-seven goals a season. If we if you take Kane out of that team, and they are us this season forever until they get someone mm. good enough. Because as soon as he leaves, if Richie Lab was a starter, he'd score the goal. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Beat Chelsea tried to get him. By the way, it could have been so much more Who? funny. Sorry. Richarlison. Oh God! You, you tried to pinch him late, and he basically said, "I've already committed to Spurs." You tried to do the same with Jesus, and he said, I, I th- "No, I was, thank you." Yeah, I was I was too kind of caught up in the old uh, Rafinha thing. Remember which, that happened? We're now back in. Well, that we're now back in for him. <laughs> well, you, that happened the whole summer, didn't it? But, I mean, it carried on into January, but. Anyone anyone else was linked with, Chelsea just kept waiting till it was too late yeah. and then tried to so pitch them. It, it, it only worked with Cucurella because City were like, we're not paying 60 million for Cucurella. And you yeah. were like, well, well, we have to get one. Yeah. Well, we're here now. <laughs> I think we've just got drunk off the old kind of William, we bought, they bought his flight chat yeah. and thought, right, let's roll this back and just that keep so doing well. it. Uh, I will say... I was at um, Reading Festival the year that broke, and it was like, what? Um, I think it was Langston, or maybe Trick was like, if William signed um, for Chelsea. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, unless there's a false memory, but I think that's right. No, that, that's yeah. pretty... They literally was in Spurs. No, I'm the, thinking if the year adds up, but oh, I'm, I'm sure that... I, I think it was. Well, the good news is nobody listening to this is going to check you on this. Yeah, nobody is because was Luke at Reading yeah. Festival that year? I don't, I, I don't know. For the avid listener, I've mentioned the year very clearly. Yeah. So I don't. I don't want people to think I'm lying. Yeah. Um, you said about he might just be uh, the only difference. I think from the inside, you might not even appreciate how bad you are. No, I know how bad we are. Because that... I, I've sat there... I don't want to defend... That feels disrespectful. It, <laughs> that feels very oh, disrespectful. Even there's a big gap between Spurs and Chelsea, then. Yeah, I do. Outside of just Harry Kane. When I see... I'm not sure about When that. I watch Spurs, I, 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 at least, I at least see some level of structure. It's not working, yeah. but I at least see what they're trying like the to do. Like the offside goals that against... You, know, you can see what their tactic was. They were just off... Marginally each time with I, I said to I that. TK, I mean, you listened to the other podcast you were on. I don't know if you tuned in to hear us talk about Chelsea last week. I didn't appreciate how bad you were until I saw it properly yeah. in front of my eyes. When 15 seconds in, I saw eight men press one ball. <laughs> I could not believe my eyes. We are so bad. I get that. And I understand that Spurs' patterns of play can do that, but they have the players in Kane some. For those hey, they're of awful as well. I genu- I genuinely feel that 
our team halfway through the season because we weren't playing too badly before the World Cup. We were playing poorly, but not to this, what we've seen now. They've all just given up. I genuinely feel they're being told what to do and just aren't doing it because they just don't care. But And they also know as well, well, we've been doing this for six months without a striker and no goals are going in. So what is the point of us doing it full stop? I genuinely... The, that's the only thing that's holding out much hope for next season is the fact that, right... These this, players who don't give a fuck will yeah, start giving a fuck. We'll, we'll start caring. Because <laughs> if they don't, we're in serious yeah, trouble. Spurs are so... It's not even funny anymore. But, <laughs> like, I, I didn't even clock they lost to Villa. I, I was pretty sure they would lose. My, well, my first scores... I was pretty sure. Said it went 2-2. Um, and I was like, oh... And then I just didn't even bother checking. And I was sort of, oh, that was kind of it. Like, it wasn't, they've taken that away from me. It's the most smoothest thing ever. In the week, Kane talks about the Conference League and says, well, we've not won a trophy for a while, so we should at least go win that. And then they lose to try and get themselves out of the Conference <laughs> for God's League. God's sake. <laughs> um, how much damage did the World Cup do to his PR? Huge. Because it, this has gone under radar. I genuinely feel that before the World Cup we were talking about we've got the best striker in the world we, we could be winning the World Cup as England fans whereas now we we'll say a lot of things though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know but when you look it back in we've gone into tournaments going yeah Welbeck can lead us to yeah. glory obviously yeah he <laughs> could have brought him that is true however someone scoring 27 goals in a season and us still not being able to think of anything other than the one time anything ever mattered like if that goal goes in you could say we won't revisit the World Cup but that has tarnished his reputation, I feel, this season because no one can bring ourselves to say what good season he's had because everyone will just point at that one moment and say he hasn't because that's where he can score 27. Like you said earlier about Arsenal, when they rock up with nothing to play for, <laughs> then it all rolls up. You could say the same potentially for Harry Kane because the two times that arguably he's only ever had anything to play for was the, when they lost the two-horse race. Um and you know, Leicester no, won the league. Don't, don't be unfair. And he's also not turned up for a Champions League final. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and he actually well. maybe a League Cup final if you wanted to be nasty. Remember, but, but, in the, but in those but. moments, those defining moments, twenty-seven goals is great. But if they mean nothing, then what's the empty calories? What's the point of them? Remember that week where Genius for some reason just went on like every show saying how shit Kane was. Like for, he just the whole Champions League campaign, he didn't contribute to it. Then he came to the final <laughs> and they lost, and it was like. What are you? Why are you doing this? I think he. I think it was on Ferdinand's show. Ferdinand was like, what, "Where has this come from?" He was at a crossroads. He goes, "I go controversial ex-player yeah. or the one show." He ended up on the one show. Yeah. Fair enough. He's settled. Um, in fairness, though, I, I, I don't know. In the, I think Harry Kane, in some forms in media outlets, whether gets the props he deserves mm-hmm. to the point where you're almost a bit. All right, I get it. So I'm a bit sick now. Too much sugar is, you know, too much. But then I would say I probably do underappreciate him. I probably don't fully rate how good he is. We consider that number of goals for a player who isn't just a goal scorer mm. is impressive. And yet there is something where I'm like, is he that guy? Yeah. And, and I shouldn't be because no. everything says he is. He's got all the talent and all the numbers. Yeah. But there's something I understand. It's like Salah's put up a 27-goal season plenty of times before, and you know he is that guy, because you see him on the ball, yeah. and the way he scares other players. Harry Kane just seems to put it in the net. No one really seems... They don't, they don't seem getting tripled up on. You don't seem f- getting marked out of a game. He just 
pops up scores and then that's that. The only way I guess I could compare it, and it's entirely uh, feelings over facts here, but uh, when he's playing for us for England, and this was pre-penalty miss, it's nothing to do with that. I never had the feeling that I had, say, for example, with a Torres or a Suarez. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I'm pretty sure this guy's going to do something special for us. And I know you can say types of players and whatever, but I just never got that fully with Kane where I was like, Chips might be down for England today, but I reckon he's going to drag us through. I and that's the thing, he's good enough to do it. It's a feeling. With the England wins, apart from like the last minute goal against Algeria and I think like the 2018 World Cup, he's never really come in clutch for us. From like an England perspective. Well, I mean, is, we haven't, in fairness, we haven't had many moments where he's had to. But that's my point. I will concede. That's it's... my point. There's always been someone else that can carry that burden if we need to. There's always a winger, a Sterling, for example, that can get us through like the tough games. Okay. When we've yeah, when we've ever had to rely on him from an England perspective, he did his best to miss the penalty against Denmark in the semi final. Good point. Yeah. So, like, I genuinely don't have that. He's that guy aura from him where someone who could post fifteen goals a season less than him, but sometimes I could still think that when we really need someone to perform, he would do it. It's such a weird counterintuitive argument to make. But mm. I think that's just where I sit on that fence. Well, two separate questions, which I guess tie in with each other. Firstly, is he just not interesting enough as a person? There is, th- that's a big some- thing with Haaland is this whole robot. Yes. Robot thing. And separately, <laughs> does the lack of variety in his goals harm him? In what you just said with Suarez, he doesn't feel box office. No, there is something to that, isn't there? That he does seem relatively mundane. Uh, a nice enough guy, but nothing I, I else to it. Haaland... I know he's just gone put almost 50 goals, over 50 goals a season, in this season. But if you'd ask me what kind of goal he scored against Everton, I'd have been able to tell you exactly what the goal was. I was going to say, because then Kane's got a wider variety of goals than Haaland. Yeah. He should be more interesting than yeah. Haaland. Like, oh, it just doesn't. But Haaland, every so often he chucks in one of them like acrobatic ones, which are always like a sidewaysy one. Oh, the Lampard, you score a couple of them for England, like the sideways volley kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But I never... Kane. Kane's got almost every shot in the book. I, I guess like he does, man- you don't see that. If I think of Kane, I think of that low driving one into the far corner. Mm. Yeah, the, the kind of curler, kind of. No, no, literally not curler. He hits it straight into the other corner. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's. I think Kane was box off at one at one point. That I goal at White Hart Lane against Arsenal, yeah. where Which, from, from the touchline, and that might sum it up perfectly. That was for a draw. Yeah, that's, and that's the and most that's, iconic goal of his career. My thing on it, yeah. <laughs> my thing on it might be just the longest hangover ever from when he first was introduced to the team. Where it was like, oh, this is quite funny. This guy that was fairly average on loan in Lake Orient, yeah, is scoring some goals. Oh, this is quite funny. And then, oh no, he's actually very good. Yeah. This isn't just a. <laughs> Like, you know, he's in a bottle. That's what, yeah, 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 exactly. Back when uh, I didn't realise how shite that Footy Accus page, Footy Accumes page is. Now it might be the worst social media page I've seen. <laughs> you used to love uh, their Footy Banter. Come on. No. Well, the, when I used to see them tweet, and there would be the same bloke that re- would replies to everything like, ha class that, mate. Are you having a bet tonight? When they would just le- give you the William Hill promo codes and shit like that. Um, could this season be the wake-up call that he needs? Like he must see the prop that Rashford's had two good months this season, and he's going to get in team of the season. Should he not Jeez. see that and know what he would get if he was wearing a red shirt? Yeah, not an yeah. Arsenal one. 
wouldn't take him. <laughs> Can't play the false nine for us. <laughs> He'd be great in that role if you sound. Um, yeah, he should, but then you can make an argument he must, on that basis. If that was the basis for his decision, he could have done that a while ago, couldn't he? He must, well, he he must, must, must have known he would get more hype at Man United. He must be looking at the boat he missed with City and just oh. be like cringing. Oh. Sat like... Um, Bill Murray at the end of Space Jam. I was like, Larry, that could have been me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're the... Because he, he did the half arsehole, like that's a metric, but he did half He did half the job. You got to, He did the hard work. Yeah. He didn't turn up for training. Didn't interview like, with Gary Neville, didn't turn up. Yeah. He did like two days and then he went back in. <laughs> like, you, 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 had it, you had a weekend away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking- Rail workers strike better than that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do better than that, could, Harry. Could there, if you were a buying team outside of all the other Levy factors and everything else, would there be any concern for you that as he approaches the record, he could grow less for the team? Or would that only be a factor if you thought, say he hit Vardy's age and like he's 15 away, that he's going to do that? At this point, would that be a worry? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't. You've got to bear in mind, Half the time we've been, certainly for England, telling Kane to be more selfish and mm-hmm. stop trying to do yeah. more outside the box and, and start being more of a, a, cl- a classic sort of striker. So I wouldn't, especially presumably wherever he goes, he's going because he needs to win. Yeah. So I don't think that should be too much of a concern for him being selfish. For Spurs now, this is very similar to that 2021 summer. They, they were also searching for a new manager. You'd imagine every manager coming in is asking whether he's going to be a part of that team. And he realises that you know, my career isn't slowing down. I might need to take this move now. Is part of an issue that outside of City, there doesn't seem to be a clear winner. So say United finished two points behind us this season. Would it then be more clear? Okay, there is a chance that we can push them because Kane doesn't even really have a title race. I mean, just want to count the last one, I guess. He probably doesn't want it. Spurs fans will tell you that that was a bottle from Arsenal, which doesn't seem to take much convincing for most people. But that felt, from I guess the inside out, that felt more of a... I don't think I was concerned about them winning the league until the Chelsea game, where it was like, okay, they could win the league. But they're actually quite far ahead, Leicester already. What they finished, they win by 10 points in the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's billed as a title yeah. race, isn't it? I don't know if I would count it, but I, some people seem to. The closest I could see to putting myself in uh, a City player's shoes, which this will really will be the closest, <laughs> that season was far less stressful because I didn't really even think about the title. Then we get the goal against Leicester, Welbeck, to mm. win it, and we go top of the league, and it's like, oh, actually, we could it's win on. the league. Yeah, I then. Giroud just like never scores again. And so <laughs> then, we didn't scorer. really get the hope, but chasing them for that period of time was a lot nicer than it has been. This has been one of the longest seasons of my life and I've got nothing to show for it. <laughs> I've been telling you, Luke. I have been <laughs> trying telling you. You would rather be I wouldn't rather be you. I think if we can get some retrospective action, <laughs> if they weren't, if they didn't just give us the league after that Jorginho goal which I think would have been fair <laughs> at least yeah. after the Reese Nelson one they should have that picture with everyone collapsing it was like we can't waste that <laughs> unfortunately they're selfish um, 
would keeping Kane put off any other talents from joining Spurs? Any worry about being stuck there? If a team comes in for him again and Levy can't reach a deal, do you think any top talents are put off going there or are they put off going there anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I'd be more put off probably by the club selling him because I'd be going, well, you just, your best, I think I've said it on the podcast previously, but your best player who supposedly loves the club is a boy fan, questionable, is uh, saying, I don't think they can win. And you're saying, okay, I don't think we can either. We're selling you. Does there not need At the very to be... least, maybe we're saying we're on a rebuild. So if you're a top player, why do I want to be part of that? Like, Does there not need to be some reason in it, though? So at a point when it feels like everyone's winning in that deal, and then they still don't let you go, well, or maybe puts you off. Con- would it put anyone off contract talks? Not there isn't really anyone outside of Sun who they should cash in on as well. But I've I certainly felt if they could have got a certain amount of money out of City at the time, there was something to be said for this is a a move that works for all parties. Mm. I, but even then, I'd say it was questionable. The, the the thing that I think with him now this summer, not just his advantage in age. I really do think this Spurs team is the worst I've seen in a while in terms of I could see how he might think well we're quite close to winning something with previous sort of incarnations of this team I think the squad has got slowly worse obviously the managerial situation is up in the air and the guys at the top are better Arsenal obviously have got significantly better City City. Newcastle are only going to get better United seem to be trending in the right direction I don't know how close Spurs are to winning any of the sort of the big trophies. So, in that respect, I think he's got. This is the summer to jump, and I don't think anyone can really begrudge him. How much do you think it? Whereas previously, I was, I was kind of poor scorn on the idea of him joining United. Mm-hmm. Because at times, I understand it's Man United; they're a big club, the name and everything. But there's been times where Spurs, I think, are a better team than that. Yeah. So, like, okay, you want to leave Spurs to win things? How the hell is United the right option now? They are a better destination for winning things than Spurs are in the yeah. near future. And I think as well, you look at it from a longevity perspective and the proofs in the pudding with their ownership structure and how much, how much, I know we make a lot about how much they spend under Conte, but they're never going to just go out and I know we, we don't particularly like the way Top has done it, but they're never just going to hmm. go and throw money at stuff in the hopes it works. I don't think any I, I think other club been, in history is going no, to do that. We're all looking at Spurs going a bit more tall than you. I think, <laughs> If they went to United and they had a really shit season, you would back the fact that they were going to put it right. Because they can't... I mean, they have done, though. You say that. They've bought a decent... They spent a decent amount of money in most transfer windows in the last five years. Has it worked? Hasn't, hasn't always worked, no. But they've gone and won themselves a trophy this season. Which yeah, is more than what you too. thought. I told which you is, my thoughts. Which is, yeah, which is more than what any of us have got. So you we would, had a title race. But, yeah, <laughs> forget but, that. But this is my point. If you we beat them seven nil. If you're Harry Kane right now, don't forget. If you stay in England and go to a club where you know that if it doesn't go right one season, it's going to get put right the next, which is most clubs other than Spurs, right? That ain't Chelsea. <laughs> That's his, not taking <laughs> one season. No, it's not going to take one season at Chelsea. But. That's a whole other equation. But, usually, right? Usually, if this was Roman and we hadn't just spent all that money and we'd just finished 10th... Can we stop glorifying a war criminal? No. It was the best thing that ever happened to our football club. Well, last thing on uh, Harry Kane. How much do you think it does or doesn't bother him that Potch has gone to Chelsea? <laughs> that's, gen- that's genuine because he was linked with the Spurs reunion. It hasn't happened. Yeah. Spurs still don't have a manager. 
Well, from an angle that you, you think he'd he'd push him to join, or from an angle that I'm, he does he wants to leave Spurs. How I think Poch going to Madrid, maybe you could if 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 he thinks Poch is the guy he is, he was available, and Spurs don't get him, and he goes to another destination. I wonder how he feels about that. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's tricky, how, particularly if, if the new guy he doesn't particularly trust from the outset. It's weird, isn't it? Because he's gonna, he's had such a topsy-turvy relationship with managers for the past couple of seasons. Well, since... Not Poch. Since, well, since Poch left. And so he, he now, he's got got, now he's got to build another one and he sees a team in the same city as him with a relationship he's got with Poch crying out for a number nine. It must did, tweak some sort of interest. Did, did I just Spurs don't, go for Poch? Did they jump in at all? I or was they idea. just don't go back? It, did they apply the you don't go back? It, it just Prince? it seems like um, everyone within Chelsea's managerial race was also been in Spurs' at some point. Yeah. So, if you don't fancy that job, we Spurs also have a job going. say yeah, much yeah. about it. Um, but then it's hard to take anything seriously. They, they've they briefed their journalists this week that Nagelsmann wasn't the right fit for them, yet they, they've interviewed him twice, we believe, and they spent a lot of time, but they wouldn't um, instill a footballing director of his choice alongside him, which is where things fell through. And then they briefed journalists saying, well, we never wanted him anyway. I said it was like in Dragon's Den where they decline the dragon and then they say, well, in that case, I'm out. And it's like, well, no, I was out. Yeah. You're out. <laughs> yeah. My force. This is the deepest pool of available managers we've ever seen at a world-class level. Just quite simply with Pochettino, Nagelsmann and Enrique. I can't think of any other time there's been that level mm. available no, and no. Spurs are seemingly going to end up with none of the three. Yeah, they're in a very similar spot where they ended up with Nuno, wasn't it? Where it's just, well, we wow, think they're going after yeah. um, Onslaught or uh, Ruben Amarim, I think, are the two. Okay. Amarim I'd be more worried about. Yeah, I genuinely Something feel like. that Jose and Conte, two serial winners that they're posed as, go in there not winning anything and then Jose leaving and winning something with Roma like almost immediately after. Yes, it's the Conference League, but it's still more, they were in the same competition as Spurs. To, 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 to go there and think... It. Well, those two managers that win pretty much every competition or one competition they're in that season haven't been able to do that there. I'm better off at going elsewhere and finding something else. They're probably thinking, I'll wait in the wings until something happens mid-season with uh, Real Madrid or probably Chelsea knowing us. <laughs> or something like that happens and I go, right, I'm Johnny on the spot almost and I can be airlifted in to that appointment Bless rather than saying... I'm going to go to Spurs and have to rebuild what's been a really poor season. Let's move on because we've still got some bits to get into. So if we just ignore the uh, Milan derby Champions League oh, first nice, leg nice. for a second, because largely because it goes against the entire topic that I'm about <laughs> to do, but I just wanted to make it out there that I do recognise it exists, but... The point doesn't really stand, so this is a far better. <laughs> it's going to undermine the entire point you're about to make. Well, when City and Madrid faced off last Tuesday, we saw probably the highest level football game we're going to see this season. We don't know what the second leg's going to pose yet. I had hopes that it was going to be Arsenal City, but the Queen, as I say, uh, put paid to that. So blame her that we didn't get that. The levels in the game were, were a joke. Yeah. I thought tactically. 
it was really interesting that both were able to play their game. The, the battle you had between Haaland and the Madrid centre-backs, Camavinga and Stones inverted while remaining defensively sound. KDB showing up when some people doubted him again. Because <laughs> really, there, there were two really good goals out of nothing. But otherwise, there was no serious goal-scoring chances, no clear man of the match, no guy dominated the game. First substitution was in the 81st minute, no winner, but it felt like a very high-level game. It was very interesting to mm. see the adaptions that were being made. Real did their 4-3-3, City did their... You see it builds a 3-2-2-3 now. It's a 4-3-3 if you want to put it uh, far more bluntly. And just the little things, the way they dealt with Haaland, the fullbacks pushing in to match up with City's wingers. They both practically man-marked each other in the middle of the field. And City in possession, they usually make these late darting runs after they've picked you apart. Madrid kept daring them to do it to create pockets yeah. of space. They did it once and there's a chance that falls to Benzema that he can't quite get under his control. It was just very, very interesting to see. And it just made me think that Arsenal, maybe not so much us, if I can say that this season, United, Liverpool currently, Newcastle, Tottenham until the last kind of two months maybe. The whole season from a point has been getting in the Champions League. And you see that and you realise there's just this big difference between getting in the Champions League and competing in the Champions League and I'm preaching it to two people who've seen their teams win the Champions League. But this felt on another level. The two teams we're seeing here, I saw an article this morning saying how this is a new Real Madrid. This is maybe the first Real Madrid side in our lifetime that have not one Galactico in the side. And yet as a team, they're maybe more interesting than they have mm, been with sure. the players they're bringing through, what they're doing, the fact that there seems to be some level of uh, stability at the club, mm. everything about it. In It was high level, wasn't it? As you said, just an interesting... You are right where you could see Madrid like daring them to do certain things and that sort of respect but also a bit of fear that City had like knowing I know what you want me to do I'm not going to do it mm. but kind of almost sometimes not being able to help himself it was uh, interesting about probably nice for Ancelotti to have some props in that regard and not just be he just puts 11 players out raises his eyebrow and they do something <laughs> yeah. it's probably nice to get some sort of oh they're actually tactically doing something in yeah. this game yeah it's it it really really interesting and there has been an added thing for me here in that before I could kind of watch the City games and if they win, they win. If they don't, I mean, I was watching this like I was watching my mortal enemy fight my best mate in a fight to the death. And it was, yeah, I weird. want... You seem to have gone off a little bit. <laughs> it's just weird. Some of the players, they don't seem so keen on. That's just Grealish. He's just <laughs> so jarring. Everything about it, but it did make... I was looking at some of our players and if some of the things that have been said this season, I think our away record has been up there with the best in the league, particularly when we had Saliba there, we had the best away defensive record in the league. And then you think, but would they cup go in there? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the Milan thing does, as I say, negate the point because 
I watch us outside of the last couple of months and say, well, we're a better team than them. But there's also something different about playing in Europe. There's even in the league this season, when we were blitzing teams, we'd go to the Europa League on a Thursday with some changes I know, and it was just completely different. And I think one thing that may benefit us next season is we're going to be going at one gear. We aren't going to be, you know, it's the Europa League. It's it's going to be, we have to win every single one of these mm-hmm. games. But the whole thing is different. Chelsea had more success in Europe this year than they had in the league. And yeah. Borussia Dortmund are in a, in a total race there in Germany. And Chelsea have lost twice to Southampton this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's the occasion that you play. And that's, I mean, that's why I came back to before where I just think they just don't care because in the Champions League we look like a completely different team this season and we're, we're in the tie against Real Madrid until Cucurea does something really stupid you're always, you're always going to concede one probably against Real Madrid it's, can you score against it? How has Cucurella got the blame for Chilwell getting sent off? Because he rushes out and creates the space which meant Chilwell had to get himself sent off or Chile and then they go and because at that one point, thing I don't like is that, blaming a loss on one man. You, you did not see. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've just thought of Rob Holding yeah. in the Champions League. <laughs> but the second leg, when we're already two 0 down, is because obviously we played them in the last round. So I've, I've seen this level up close. I was like three yards away from the pitch because I've got really good seats, and the levels that they were. It, the only way I can attribute to it is the tall guy with his hand on the little kid's head, scrapping, we're like throwing punches <laughs> and they're landing about four feet short of where we need to be doing it. We huffed and puffed and they didn't even get out of second gear. They were just sat there waiting for us to make a mistake and it's us. So we made made a couple of mistakes and they just punished it. And the composure, the difference in composure that they have versus what we had, there, it was balls bobbing around in the box. There was three defenders there and they were just playing one-touch passes around not rashly shooting because the keeper's off his line. They passed it round in a circle and just tapped it into an empty net. And that's the composure you get from being there consistently and being Real Madrid and having that level of control over a, a European tie. And we didn't see it as much because obviously City, they, they showed a lot more respect to you for obvious reasons this mm. season. But they could be, they were, like you said, sat in waiting for them to do something, waiting for them to create some space, just sat back. And because they know they've got the players to come score out of nothing like Vinicius did. And that's the difference with Real Madrid and some of the other teams. I don't know in your teams, maybe obviously Liverpool, maybe more so with your most Salas, but do you back anyone clutch to come in and score from 30 yards in your team? It, when when it, you're really up against it, when nothing's being created, no, no chance is being created. The name I was going to say, I might be laughed out of here. So I might who are you going to say? Granite. I was going to say Granite. Yeah. He, hasn't ca- he hasn't cashed in his banger this season. No, he, just, he had a great he, form. He's due. Uh, I would say uh, Saka is probably the most clutch player on our team, but the last yeah. what, two months is probably not the time. To, <laughs> it's not the time, or, not the time no, to announce that argument after, after a of, year, of, year of final either. But. Of course, but my point is, is with Real Madrid, they can sit in knowing that... Like, Last, no, I, yeah, I think last season, for example, when we went to the Bernabeu and we were three 0 up with ten minutes to go, scored a fourth, but it was disallowed for offside. We were running right, but then all of a sudden, Modric and Vinicius combine twice, and then we lose the tie. After all of that hard work and effort that we put in, and that's the difference they have over, I'd it, say, anyone other than Man City going in our top uh, six. But even even them, with it's just 
they've just got total conviction that things will work out. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's a bad day, we know yeah. we can see this out and we'll come through. Yeah. And obviously City is the opposite. It's, we've got so close each time and every time something's gone wrong. Yeah. Now, the second leg being at home. Huh? I saw your tweet pre-game. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just, I went back against that Madrid team. It's just, there's something about them. Mm-hmm. And if that second leg had been at the Burnabout, I think this City team would get spooked. Yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting at home, obviously, City are formidable at home. I'm quite convinced they'll win. Madrid won't get spooked, but everyone's convinced Madrid will, will lose mm-hmm. numerous times and they don't. As yeah. I felt a yeah. couple of ways. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I remember the Liverpool fans celebrating that they'd got Madrid. Exactly. We, we spoke season. about this last week. Yeah. I think Archer yeah. said that when we were in the car on the way to the Arsenal game. Yeah. yeah. It's, if what you people have gone on to the fact they're quite good in this competition. They're yeah. getting the idea. I think Alexis is the last player we had that probably ties yeah. into what mm. you've said. Yeah. And yeah, he was a joke. I think like the last yeah. one for us was obviously Drogba. I can't remember the last time. Yeah, where he all, can't be the last one, surely. Probably maybe Hazard on a lower level, but we never really Much got too level. far in the Champions yeah, League with Hazard in our team. Uh, um, but Drogba or Blamper, where you just knew the ball was falling to them and they'd do something. With this Madrid team, if it's heart and mouth when Benzema picks up the ball anywhere near the 18-yard box. He's playing injured as well. Is he? Go on. I was about to say, a large amount of it is sort of these things are sort of self-fulfilling. So we just say Madrid win, they win, they win, no matter what in this competition. And it kind of comes true in the same way with the, you know, United always score in Fergie time. Yeah. It's one of those things where it gets in their heads, it gets in the opponent's heads, clearly. But also it's kind of something that relies on, we'll just focus on every time it does happen mm. and every time it doesn't we'll just ignore it so Man United didn't always get the equaliser no. or winner did they because no. they win every game it felt like it. exactly that we're absolutely sure we're never going to remember those yeah. we don't remember yeah, when Chelsea won the Champions League they beat Madrid in the semis yeah. didn't have to get out of second gear barely broke a sweat both ties Mad- everyone thought Madrid's probably done Modric is probably done at this point yeah. that age well and we so we'll never talk about that. We'll only talk about the ones where yeah, they somehow beat Man City, they somehow beat Chelsea, PSG. I think, I, I think it's, it's the level of players in that team though, because when, I'm going to sound old here, but through our teenage and kind of our early 20s years, it was always Bayern Munich were just absolute, just a machine with oh, Robin and Rebrick. You don't need to tell yeah, me. <laughs> you, had, you had like your 2010 to 2015 Barcelona team that, with your Messi's, your Chavez, your yeah. everyone's. Then you had Real Madrid that almost like came in in third place in that conversation between that PSG with their money. So there was more horses in the race, I feel. Whereas now, because it's like, it's almost, if you beat Real Madrid, you win the Champions League now, which it has been. They've either won it or had to be beaten, but the winners of that would then go on to win it out of the last how many seasons. Like that's probably why we have this thing in our head. We put them on a pedestal because they are the yardstick now. The last time we were in the Champions League was when we lost 10-2 on aggregate to uh, oh Bayern Munich. That was at the height of AFTV. There was a video of troops outside the ground that popped off. Jesus. How long ago was that? that 2013? Yeah, ish, I think. Jesus. Um, because they laughed. We, we got a penalty in the first game. Ertzel got one inside the first minute and they basically mocked him and said after the game, we knew he was never going to score. Oh, against Neuer and they laughed at him after oh. and this is just after he'd um, phoned it in from the German national team with saying there was racism and all of that and then they just okay. mocked him wow. um, last thing then for today Southampton it, it feels like it's 
quite easy to pin Southampton's relegation entirely on Nathan Jones, where that isn't entirely fair. See, he's trying on the uh, PR repair job, trying to get himself so, a Sky Sports the other day. Didn't go so well <laughs> again. Well, Never one was like, what's this guy talking about? It's, it's also confusing when the bottom place side in the Premier League may be poached more than the two remaining sides that will go down with them. And TK, this is going back to the very early days of the podcast, but I remember your confusion, which to be fair has aged well um, when speaking about that Norwich back line that everyone was purchasing from. And you said, well, they're the, best, they're the worst defence in the league. I don't really know what everyone's <laughs> Why are we having a bidding war for Jamal Lewis? We just watch the team get battered every week. Jamal Lewis, Ben Godfrey, Max Ahrens. If there was another, he, he wasn't getting What's the same What's your boy Todd Campwell doing these days? He's a Rangers. Is he? Yeah. Um, Bit of a fourth from Grace. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that, that team. This this team, there's several players who, mm-hmm. I mean, probably should have said this before we started. I've got the players they signed here, which obviously a big part of where things went wrong. The strategy of choosing to sign the young players rather than the experienced ones that have been here before. We'll talk after about where these players may go but we'll talk more about the process first to get in there. Jack, I don't know at what time your dinner's going to be ready, so <laughs> if you have to dip, then... Uh, I think I've got one last topic in me. Well, 10 players were signed in the summer. Nathan Redmond, Jack Stevens left. They fell out with Hassan Hootel. Um, the owners allowed Oriol Romeo to go to Girona for 5.5 million. Jan Valery went to uh, Angers in uh, League One. Shane Long and Fraser Forster left free. Jan Bednarek left on loan to Villa. That part, I don't think any of us would say that's where the season was jeopardised. But what they did next obviously didn't help. And they were on smoke in the summer, if you remember. They were getting linked to everyone. They missed out on their three transfer targets they had going into the summer. They say they were incredibly confident that they would at least get one of the three. Gonzalo Ramos. Okay. Cody Gakpo, who close to Leeds then as well. Jesus. And uh, Rasmus Hoyland, who is now at Atalanta, banging goals. Um, I read that in the last five seasons, their recruitment team has missed out on Elise, Eze, Osimen, Madison, and Jared Bowen. Also, so Jesus, Jesus. they they don't have the negotiations. Um, Lavia came in for twelve point three million, proven to be very good in patches. But something that does seem to get overlooked. Some of their fans will point to inconsistencies. He was singled out for criticism by Hassan Hill, Nathan Jones, and Ruben Sells. Mm. Sells said. We dropped him for two games, citing that he wasn't as good as people are picking him up to be. Nathan Jones, in his press conference where he went down in flames, dragged him off and said, he was asked about why he brought him off. And he said, well, you must have been seeing something I wasn't because I, I mean, don't think that was confident. We did see a lot of things he did. <laughs> yeah. um, and Hassan Hootel had criticised him before that. So um, not as plain sailing as it does seem. They paid seven million I for Juan Larios. Have you ever heard that name before? <laughs> he doesn't exist. He, he does not exist. He came from City. He's been in the starting 11 twice. He played more games in the PL2 and has been injured the majority of the season. Jesus. Sakumara came in. I was really impressed with him. Really impressed 
whenever I've seen him. His pass and turn against Leeds in his debut charmed me. <laughs> Issue is, he's only started four games and only scored in one. They raided the City Academy again for Samuel Adozi, who at a bare minimum has made people sit up and say, he looks a player. That's basically all I can attribute to his season, is people have gone, he looks good, that, that winger they brought in from City. Yeah. Only started four games. Oh, five games, sorry. Played in 17, never completed 90. Suleimana came in in January for 25 mil. Started in 11 games. One assist to his name. Onuachu signed from Genk in January for 18 mil. Started four games, zero goals. Didn't even make the squad twice. Gavin Bazunu feels an unprecedented success. Another one from the City Academy. 14 million, probably their best purchase outside of Lavia. Carlos Alcaraz came in in January for 14 million. Maybe the best of the bunch. I was going to say, I think he's talent wise. Terrorized us at the Emirates and they took mercy on us. He's played as a striker, attacking midfielder, an eight, a DM, and more. Mm. He's completed 90 minutes once. Jeez. Okay. Four goals. I hadn't realized that. I will confess. Four goals and an assist. Bella Kotchap joined for 11 million. He's been really good, but blighted by injuries. When he's fit, he plays. He started 24 games. I think he'll probably be off now. He looks good. A bit rash, but they got what they paid for with 10 million, 11 million. Dude, Chileta uh, Saar joined for 8 million, started nine games after being brought in to partner Bella Kotchap. He's not made the matchday squad seven times. Only appeared in 13 games. Eight points earned with him on the field. Joe Ariba was, was supposed to be like, their flagship signing in, in the summer. Um, they paid seven million for him after he was praising the Europa final from memory. Yeah, I mean, look, if that's barely played ninety minutes since Chris, uh, hitching your wagon to your Rebo, well, as yeah, your, like, looks okay at a certain level, and then I, I don't know. He, he's barely played ninety minutes combined since Christmas. Maitland Niles on alone has been a disaster. Played almost every position, but nowhere convincingly. Orsic joined in January for seven million has played six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Bringing Ben right back in. That Orsic <laughs> put Spurs out of the Europa League with a hat trick when their manager was imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> this was peak Spurs. <laughs> the point here, they were pretty universally praised for a refreshing approach to attempt survival, but it didn't work. You can't develop a squad of players in a relegation battle just like we've seen it's tough in a title race. Hard to guarantee minutes, hard to have patience, players shrink if they don't have confidence and then it's impossible to build it when you're bottom of the league. I always felt like they were going to be safe. I always felt they were going to pull themselves out of this. And Did you? I, I, did. Well, I, I was looking at the players and going, they've got a worse squad. They've got a worse squad. I, the, the thing I mainly thought with them is you've got so many players there where it's like, oh, he can be quite good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it's just you don't you wouldn't look at any of them and think consistent quality and also a fair bit of unproven nature about the signs. But you also thought I looked at that squad and thought, where's the goals here? Mm. I mean there's a lot of really good players, but it's nearly, 50 running, mil, nearly fifty million strikers I've named there. Yeah, but just this season. They're they're where you go in terms of and I know it's difficult for a team down there to get a proven goal scorer. I've just realised how disrespectful that was as well to Shay Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's the most disrespectful thing I've said about him on this part. I think I've already Adam, Ar- the man. Adam Armstrong was supposed to be. Yeah, but again, well. what? He 
mainly played in the championship. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just it, saying he was supposed to be. He was brought in last season to keep them up. There's a degree of gamble on on all of those signs where I always think with certainly with a team down there, you're probably going to accept that we're going to have maybe four or five players that we talk about as being prem quality for sure, and they probably need to be in the spine. And you've just got too many players that can come in and out, but you wouldn't say, right, here's my striker that's going to get me, I don't know, maybe get to 10 goals, and that might be what gets me out of it. If Chelsea gets to 10 goals, you're buzzing. Well, something that rings, something that rings home for their whole season is supposedly their ownership said there isn't that much difference between the Championship and the Premier League. That sends out a great message, doesn't it? And so that's that's how we're here. I mean, the Athletic article about the sacking of Hassan Hootel and Nathan Jones was a huge red flag. Yeah. <laughs> they said, we took the approach to managers that we like them to have failed in the previous jobs because it means they're more hungry for this one. Like, that is not a good... Well, they, got, don't go into interviews and go, I've been a disaster at my last job. Yeah, Trust got, me, that's made me more hungry. You've got two guys in charge. The one supposedly is a proper maverick. He has all these ideas and some of them work, some of them don't. He was described, I think, in an athletic article. He basically needs someone there to pick out the one good idea and not let the other nine progress past the planning stage. The other guy is entirely analytics-driven and he wants to go by the book, the Red Bull style, which is how you end up with some of these players here. They say, this is transferable. And between them, it's just been a horrible combination. There's a really bad like uh, football documentary answer to a buddy cop film. <laughs> when we just watch these two guys, like they're incompatible, but can they keep a club in the Premier League? It's basically the out. other guys, but with football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They said the idea was that buying all these young players after the kind of tumultuous ride he'd had, this was going to increase job security for Hasenhutl because he was going to grow with these young players. Mm-hmm. They also, maybe not a good sign, thought that if the worst does happen, we've got a squad here. Anyone that's played football manager has done the thing where later in the year, you've played with so many players so many times. So you just buy all the wonder kids and you say you're probably not going to win the league your first year but you have the ride as they get about all together you can do that with Arsenal it doesn't really work because I've tried it with the relegation side <laughs> yeah yeah, it no. doesn't work so well no, staying in the league not so good no James Ward-Prowse was told when he went off for his summer holidays that they were going to add experience and winners around him <laughs> he gets back for pre-season and they've got the second youngest squad in the league yeah Something else that also you probably could have seen coming. They've got a very clear age gap in their side. They've got the older players and the younger players. That's it. There's no... Who's in their prime well, in this team? They've also got a massive squad. After Chelsea, they got the largest squad in the league. So they didn't even all fit in one dressing room. So basically, the younger players took one dressing room. The older players took the other dressing room. Jesus. So the likes of James Ward-Prowse aren't even around these guys. Nathan Jones' whole thing with being laid back and He's got his own it room. carried over, <laughs> people just kept turning up late and they just let it slide. They weren't being punished for turning up Jesus. late. Jesus. And they say the younger players are on their phone at training, all these things that just kind of go, oh, that younger generation. But this is what was happening. They brought in nearly six players from the City Academy. That's They're obviously going to click up. They've all been together since they were like 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about this just seemed... A, Disaster, really. They say that. Yeah, Carry ask when they went down. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. too many standards. Standards were lowered. 
Ward Proud in a few stories interview from uh, Saturday said, I, did, yeah. I think if something like, I think if we look back and say, was everything done right on the football field, we could have done more. Mm. And it's like, or were we all given our maximum or something like that? And Mayla Niles, I think this is the third relegation on his CV, maybe. <laughs> but something that was. We start throwing him off the boat yeah. if you see him now. He was at <laughs> He's a bad over. He was at West Brom with Allardyce, and Allardyce said two things. One, realise what you've got at Arsenal. Don't be fussed with what you're playing because he keeps saying, I'll play anywhere. And yet every manager seems to say he won't, he doesn't want to play anywhere. As long as it's not on the pitch. He had one, he had <laughs> you don't one, mind, do you, <laughs> He had one good game in midfield for Unai Emery in 2018 and he's been convinced he was a midfielder yeah. since then. And this season, as I say, he played he played centre-back and kept a clean sheet against Chelsea. Wow. <laughs> Jack was there. The game yeah. when I said... Potter's definitely getting sacked if you lose today. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out he wasn't. She has it very terrible like that. <laughs> the, the fact that they've got six wins this season and two of them are coming against us. Well, I've got one it. third of their wins. Outrageous. 25% of their points totals from us. They <laughs> took four points from Arsenal. Away from Arsenal. They got two points. Um, they stopped City winning a quad. Great stuff. They beat Chelsea under Tuchel and Potter. They drew 0-0 with United when Casemiro got sent. They drew 3-3 with the Spurs. Mm. They say for Southampton's first match back after the World Cup, and we, we did this when Jones got sacked, they spent the whole break drilling five at the back. The first game back, he played a four. He's <laughs> <laughs> unserious. Bro, He's a maverick. Against Brighton, he switched formation five times in the first, the first yes. half. In yeah. the first half. Yeah, they say someone internally at Southampton described relegation as relegation is like being punched in the face a hundred times and then having your head chopped off. <laughs> what? I'm glad so, that we finally marked ourselves as safe a couple of weeks ago. We would not have liked to experience that. Last thing here then, because clearly no one else was as sold on Southampton as I was. <laughs> no, I didn't know any of this beforehand, obviously. Or I, maybe I, I've got too much faith in Shea Adams. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you probably did invest too much stock in all of those signings, not all of them, but most landing. Whereas I think you'd have to accept when you're signing those type of players, that should be complementary to certain players that you sign. When they sign, for example, Danny Ings, you'd go, that is a proven Premier League striker Mm -hmm. of a certain level Mm -hmm. that will get us goals. Their thing was, you can only lose so many players like that and take a gamble on a replacement. Mm -hmm so many times for it doesn't work out we've seen it every well, time in isolation Romeo Falavia works yeah 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 that should absolutely but the, to the guys like Joe Rebo who's 25 he was supposed to be the experience Orsic is, is 30 he was supposed but to be the experience you look at if you look at that and say on the you've got a team that's you're a bit questionable going into the summer they're going to be the ones that are going to fix this problem I'll go well that's a team that's going down there well, also several of, they're your sort of prime players several of the experienced guys they got didn't speak English so the guys they were bringing in to have an influence mm-hmm. on the dressing room couldn't have an influence on this right? they weren't even in the same dressing room yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a malaise around Ralph at the end of last year where we were saying that he's going to be vulnerable if they start badly the fans already are turning on him a bit mm. and then from the that article said about it they said his man management wasn't great no. I think from the make of it they just didn't really like him rather than his man management was bad well, they, they say for so long in the season they didn't really sink in that they could get relegated they kind of thought well, sort itself out that seems just extraordinary to me I don't know and I think there's some really good players in there but I don't look around it and go how you could go, oh, I think we're too good to go down. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I could see someone, I don't know, when West Ham were in the mire, I could see that they might think, 
you know, this team probably is a bit too good to be in here. I can see how you might think that. I don't see that with Southampton. Last thing, and I said, someone who I'd be half considering if I sign in like Lavia or Alcaraz for us. But maybe that's a yeah. reflection of our midfield. Well, I got some players here. If you tell me where their ceiling is, where you whether you, whether they'll go, who they'll go to. Lavia is the main one we think. Recently made his debut for the Belgian national team. It's Mans- a good point you make about those three different managers, though. Yeah. That is a bit. Man- I'll take Nathan Jones out of it. I'll put two managers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Man City's buyback activates next year, so they're going to sell him before it gets to that. Yes, yeah. City's buyback is forty mil. You're going to think they're probably going to want more than that forty. They'll do it for the crack. So <laughs> yeah, it'll work itself out. The Calvin Phillips clause. And yeah, City do have a sizable sell-on percentage. Which the thing that irritates me with these, and they had it with Zahara and United, the team agrees to them, and then they try to increase the price, saying. Well, there's a big sell-on percentage we have to pay. You agreed to that, which is why it should come out of your chunk. Um, the big thing's made of the fact he's been in the Anderlecht and City Academies, which is it's not bad. He's very press-resistant. He's played as a six. He's played as an eight. I think Liverpool is the move he gets. You do? I do. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I think it would be a big mistake if you think he can come in and be your six from the jump. Have you seen Fabinho this year? We're involved with anything. I, th- I think he, in the future, can be kind of the level raiser. I don't. I think we will have to accept that well, this is not the finished product. When, we, when you watch him, you think he's got everything, but he just can't put it all together. Against us, he was him. insane. Yeah, but we don't usually see the players that break into teams are usually the wide attacking players you don't usually see no in the heart of midfield tough to do it takes a bit of time for that right it took a, a fair while even and- when you start well there's normally then a phase where it all starts going a bit peter I thought we were starting to see it about Pichetich for us but this is not where not quite that level but then he got injured this is where because we think we know what the top four is going to be this is where Europa League helps yeah, 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 true. Because if he doesn't start initially you pick up those minutes there and then the change in the guard happens I'll be excited to see him. I, I do really like him. I think well, he's got I everything think, you could need. I think if... What, if I accept we're not getting someone who's the finished product well, because we, hit, don't, we don't appear to be doing that. I would pay the money for him over the money for Paulinho when the age comes into it. Yeah, I think agreed. you could expand his game more. Yeah. Um, and look, it seems like no one was serious at Southampton so maybe you take some of that into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So I, I, I don't know. Um... I do. He's he's going somewhere. This morning, when I was thinking, I thought Chelsea because I think because <laughs> why not? I'm going to touch. We, I'm going to touch wood now. I don't think Declan Rice is going to Chelsea, and I think they don't want. They've realised we can't give too much defensive responsibility to Enzo. I mean, maybe we should expect a bit more running from a hundred and twenty million pound player, but Euro, sorry, um, but. They seem to not want to do that. So I think they want someone in there that can provide some more legs and protection. And I think Chelsea are going to, I think for a while, the start of the window, they're going to pretend they aren't going to just chuck cash around towards the end of the window they're going to. (laughs) So I just think for a lot of the targets, you may be out of that frame because I think there's so... You've got Arsenal, Liverpool, United... 
in the Premier League alone than what midfield is. Yeah. So Chelsea aren't going to be at the top of that pile. No. So I think Lavia, you could sell that. You're trying to sell a project from a Chelsea perspective. Well, it fits when you what you're see, doing as well. When you can see what the project looks like and it looks like complete shit, <laughs> you're probably not going to be that sold on it. I think the Declan Rice thing, you're right. I think he wants to leave West Ham for Champions League football. He's not, and you can see him Mason Mount not I don't, don't like these United links. So we were actually linked to Lavia. Um, well, you, you had a 50 million bid rejected, which yeah. could do scared not me. do you a favour. Yeah, that scares me. I think there's at least a cap on what they're going to be able to charge for him. I think they're going to want to do their purchasing fairly early to build and see where they are. So they yeah. probably aren't going to let it drag. And I think Liverpool to Southampton, I think there's obviously a relationship there, which everyone's gone actually, so maybe not. But I think that one gets done. I think that one gets done reasonably quickly. I tried looking this week to see... Talking my language, Luke. Talking my language. I tried looking to see how far into the window the deals happen because it feels like they're really far in and it's kind of the start of July when we signed Jesus and we signed uh, Zinchenko. The Zinchenko one, Ornstein broke the news and it happened in four days. I don't think it's going to happen that quick. Someone is going to test Southampton's resolve. I think you want to be early so they can't get a benchmark. If someone comes in and pays a fee for Ward-Prowse and say they go above and beyond and then they say, well, actually, we think he's worth more than him. Yeah, well, he's a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Armour Bella Kotchap is an interesting one. I think the injuries are going to have worked against him, but comfortable defending large spaces, ball playing centre-back. I think there's enough there that maybe someone has a go, but I don't know how much they'd be asking for. Curtis Jones, my guy. Eye for talent right here. Um, Carl Walker-Peters, reckon he goes? I think so. I've seen him getting to Arsenal, saying he can play on both sides, technical enough that he can do the midfield thing. Not sure he can quite do the midfield thing, but... He was linked to us for a while as well. Of course he was. Everyone's been linked to him. That that statement has a lot less weight behind it now, doesn't it? I mean, actually... I think I said to you before. I think it shows you how sort of drunk we were getting on the Southampton performance against Arsenal. But oh, I was going, oh, maybe you know, if Trent's going to go wandering, we just stick Carl Walker Peters <laughs> yeah. in a right back for us. I don't know. I'd say somewhere like West Ham for Carl Walker Peters. Go. Yeah. Hey, look, Spurs might have to swallow their pride and they get him. In. Yeah. Um, James Ward-Prowse. So he's the highest-paid player in Southampton's history. Earns around 100k a week. Most consistent player. Villa had a. 25 million bid rejected last summer. The thing that I called out at the time and said, what the hell are you doing? He signed a five-year deal that removed a release clause. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. He said, I think they'll demand good money for him. Established an England international, not established, (laughs) an international source. I think they're going to go, we need X amount of money for him and that's, you can't, I've said before, but you can't bang clubs over and get relegated as much anymore. No. no. Um, I guess they don't need the money as much. No bank This is it. They've still out. got pretty money. I guess if they have a season out without the parachute payment, maybe you can get them. But mm. Only Bruno, KDB and Trippier have created more chances than his 71 this season. Where's his ceiling? Because I have to think, if I saw, if I told most Liverpool fans they were signing a Southampton midfielder and it was Ward-Prowse, they'd be disappointed. He is... I don't think he's athletic enough. I think he gets him on the pitch better than you think. Um, I do think he's a little bit underappreciated by being at Southampton. I do think 
if he had had the last few years he had, even at a club like Villa, I think he probably would have get some more headlines and then would be getting linked with probably bigger clubs again. Whereas instead, he's kind of that tier below where he's having them for Southampton, so getting linked with Villa. I think something like that probably now is his ceiling. Is he in the same tier or a tier above or below John McGinn? Because has has a bit of a revival, hasn't it? I think he's bad in jump again. Personally. Because the the thing you see people saying, don't, happened at whatever the you do, don't get goaded by the set pieces. I remember when Fergie said Charlie Adams worth five million for the set pieces alone. Like, well, why don't you sign him there? Why are we signing him? I was about it doesn't to, make any sense. I was about to say this. <laughs> he's that good. Like I saw some United fans saying that, that they need midfielders, and it's like, well, you're going to bring him on the 70th minute to take a free kick. What what are we doing here? Like, we kept doing that with England. Where I was like, but what if we don't get that free kick? <laughs> and he might not be on the pitch. So. Uh, it's bad enough when they bring players on for penalties. Imagine mm. bringing a player on for a free kick. I do think. No, I do think he's better than people think. <laughs> oh, it's like Curtis Jones it again. Yeah, he's in his bag right now. I've been. Yeah. I don't have enough tweets that I backed it up with. Unfortunately, the stock is piling up though. He hasn't cashed it out yet. Last couple, Gavin Bazunu. Is no. he good enough for Spurs? Don't look at me like that either. Fabrizio says uh, David Ryers leaving today. I think that can make sense for Spurs. Yeah, let me tell you, Connor needs a reality check. Because he's not better than De Gea, is that what he said? No, he thinks they're good. They're giving De Gea a new deal and getting another keeper. They're going to sign a number one. <laughs> I told him that's not happening. That that's, looks miles off. Shoulders. I'm not the last sure. one looked miles off. Yeah, I thought that, yeah. Um, one that we're not speaking Livermento. yeah bear in mind what you probably do with him <laughs> yeah, that would be very challenging climb down they say he's on yeah, they say he's off they? maybe um, yeah Livermento. he's still not come back from injury they've been basically- yeah I'd almost forgotten he was still there because of that he injury. was flying for them yeah he was really yeah. really good stand out Chelsea have got a buyback on him if you want another injury ridden right back yeah I mean we've just done that with that Leon. Is it Leon? Yeah, Malagusta. That's it, yeah. He's that's just got a long injury. That's another thing I'd say about Southampton. A lot of relegated teams, they'll end up, say like, two of their best, most established players would be Walker-Peters and Livermento. So, mm. Well, you've got two really good right-backs. That's yeah. great, but not really what you need. Get me a centre-back and yeah. a, a striker. Salasu? For a bit, I did watch him and think he's got something. I'm not... He probably is a lower Premier League player, but... Is anyone going to part with their money for him? Alcaraz. I wouldn't be against us going for him as well. I think mean, he's got something. He's got something. I, I, I that lack of 90 minutes you've just highlighted is... Well, the, I hadn't quite realised there was only one game. I'll, I'll be honest, they basically got so many players that like... I was trying to look at all their signs. Like, none of them play 90 minutes. It was it was essentially... Bella Kotchap was the only one that's playing 90 minutes regularly. And then he's got injured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I do think that Alcaraz has got something because he's technically gifted, but physically can get about the pitch door. Looks like he can have himself big enough, lad. Yeah, there's something there. I'd say a big club, I would say, should gamble him. But he's only, what, 20? He's young. He's yeah. 19, 20, I think. So I think he's worth a punt. I think him and Lavi have just got that. Something where if you're not, if you're going to accept maybe I can't get the big names that maybe might be on offer this summer, then I think they would be a next one if you want to have someone who you know is quite good but is going to be a bit of a gamble as well. I can see Alcaraz still being there in the championship. Really? I think he's good enough. 
Uh, it's a very small sample size. I would say if I think he could come and be a squad player at Newcastle. I'm basing him on what I think Almiron is as a not when he's just in his freaky form. <laughs> um, I don't think we would look at him if Reese Nelson went. I, I don't. I just don't think he's going. I think the money they may ask for him. Or they may make enough money where they can say, we want to do a Burnley, we want to come straight back up, you're young enough. We'll let you go in a year if we don't come back up. Mm. Which people have fallen for before. But I like his I versatility know. as well. So you can't yeah. be moved around. The the thing with him, he someone is going to fall victim of, we've sold this player, we're not going to sell everyone. Mm. Kind of the thing yeah. that a Dortmund player has every summer. Like, well, we've just sold this guy, you're going to have to wait 12 months. Mm. So that's probably going to happen to one of the Brighton players. Definitely. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be that one, aren't they? And they're, by the way, slightly different model again, but they, Southampton situation is probably a warning to clubs like Brighton, whereby sure. one minute you're getting praised, a few years down the line, we're going to be saying, you can't do this summer on summer. You can't do it forever. We used to come on here and say Leicester the were the pinnacle exactly. of how to do transfers. Leicester and but Southampton now are probably going to be down. And now they've held two to Curtis Jones. So life <laughs> comes at you fast. Thank you for listening to another edition of Mo- Spitballing Pod. <laughs> Check out Movie Madness this Friday. Big Daddy hitting your feeds midnight Friday. Why not stay up for it? See you next week. Adios.